Hello and welcome to The Other Place, Cranley's new revamped politics podcast for 2018. This week I'm joined by three members of our upper sixth who have recently submitted their entry for the national short video competition run by the Political Studies Association. They are Lydia, Isla and Becky and their video is entitled Deal or No Deal. Given that we are in the final furlong of Brexit negotiations, with the prospects for a deal hanging by a thread, the focus today will be on trying to understand what deal options there are on the table and what, if any, is likely to happen. So Lydia, can you give me a brief summary of what your video is about and the conclusions that you come to about what Brexit really means? Our video is based off the game show Deal or No Deal and it focuses on the options available within Customs Union, the single market and the Northern Ireland border to conclude that a no deal is more likely than anything else. And uh, more details, go watch it, lads. Excellent. Really well done on this, guys. It's a fantastic video and fingers crossed you make the final. The video can be viewed on our blog page, which is blogs.cranley.org forward slash politics. Please do go and have a look. Now, it appears there are really four options that will happen. Either we're going to get a Norway deal, a Canada-style deal, a Chequers deal or no deal. These are all quite confusing, so let's dive in and investigate each one. Firstly, the Norway deal. Here is some more information on this from a Norwegian politician. Well, the Norway model is just that we are fully part of the eternal market, besides fishery and agriculture. Um, but we are not represented in the decision-making bodies. So when we have our views on the rules that the European Union adopt, we convey them at a very early stage to the Commission. And then we try to lobby the member states and the parliament, uh, like any other stakeholder in Brussels, to be seen, heard and understood, uh, so our views are taken into account. Okay, so Isla, can you try and explain to us what the Norway deal is? Yeah, a Norway deal would include full access to the European single market. Norway has this because it's part of the European economic area. So under a Norway-style Brexit, Britain would leave the EU, join the EFTA, and then become the 31st full member of the EEA. Remaining in the single market would allow us to maintain the four freedoms, that of the movement of goods, services, capital and people. OK, so who's in favour of this deal and why do they like it? Um, well, the government's own impact assessment found the Norway option would be least damaging option in terms of economic harm. Remaining in the single market would allow the UK to retain full access at the single market. This would mean no new tariff barriers and continued single market treatment for services, which account for around 80% of the UK economy. This in turn means no new tariff barriers would emerge between Northern Ireland and the Republic. However, it might not resolve Irish, the Irish border dilemma completely because in order to eliminate tariff barriers, Britain would need to be in either the current or a new customs union with the EU after Brexit and Norway is not in a customs union with the EU. And although Britain would reta retain full single market access, it wouldn't be forced to sign up to some of the EU's more contentious policies, for example, the EU's common fishery policy or agricultural policy. The European Court of Justice, hated by most Eurosceptic MPs, would not have ju jurisdiction over Britain. Um, some MPs, such as Nick Bowles, have called for a temporary Norway deal, but only during the transition period. The Brexit Committee has called for it to be May's official backup if negotiations fail, however. This all sounds pretty good. So who's against it and why don't they like it? Well, although Britain would finally be free of the European Court of Justice, it would have to answer to the EFTA court, which for most Brexiteers would merely represent another set of unaccountable interfering foreign judges. We would also have to pay substantial amounts like Norway to the EU budget. 
Britain would also have less say in shaping EEA rules as the EFTA countries do not have um, like as much power as an EU member. Um, Norway doesn't formally participate in Brussels decision making, but has incorporated around 75% of all EU law into its national legislation. Um, the public's desire to control immigration was argu arguably the biggest driving force for Brexit. And the UK government has vowed to end the free movement of EU citizens. Um, e EEA members are required to accept the four freedoms, including the free movement of people. And therefore, accepting a Norway deal would be politically dangerous for the government. However, there is one way around it, because which is unrealistic, but theoretically plausible, um, because Article 112 of the EEA agreement allows non-EU member states to opt out of the four freedoms if they're facing serious economic, societal or environmental strain. Um, May said she won't allow an all-way deal because she's pledged to leave both the single market and the customs union, so she'd be a good example of someone who doesn't like it. Okay, so how likely do you think it is to happen? Well, the EU has always said that a Norway deal is open to the UK and it has gained support as MPs desperately trying to avoid a no-deal scenario. Um, earlier this year, the Brexit committee led by Labour's Hilary Benn published a report calling for May to use the Norway deal as her official backup if she fails to meet key negotiating goals in Brexit talks with the EU. Um, some MPs have recently argued in favour of a short-term Norway for now option. Instead of a transition period after Brexit, it would see the EU the UK joining the EEA um, via the EFTA for, free, for three years and agreeing a temporary customs union with the EU. Um, EEA members, however, have not said that they would grant the UK a temporary membership and even if they did, it could take up to 12 months for Britain to complete the joining process. And there's also a question of whether of Westminster politics as to whether May would be able to sell continued acceptance of EU rules, which right now seems highly unlikely. Therefore, in the in the government's mind at least, a Norway deal is off the table and Theresa May said in Onslow that Norway's existing relationship with the EU has elements that wouldn't deliver on the vote of the British people. Thank you very much, Ayla. So Norway is very much the closest thing to remaining in the EU that we have i.e. will be in the single market and the customs union, but not a member of the EU. However, some of the more fervent Brexiteers, such as Jacob Rees-Mogg, Bill Cash and Boris Johnson, have all been pushing for a Canada-style deal. For them, a Canada deal truly is fully leaving the EU. Let's hear from Henry Newman from Open Britain about what a Canada deal would mean for Britain. At one end of the scale, we could be a country like Canada, which has a trade deal with Europe. And at the other end of the scale, we could be technically outside of the EU, but still essentially in the single market or almost in the single market. And I think we just need more clarity from the government as to where we land on that scale. And I think given that the government has been quite clear that they want to end free movement as we leave, and they want to end large budget contributions to the EU, and don't want to be under the jurisdiction of a court like the European court, I think that pretty much makes the decision quite clear that we're going to end up a long way towards Canada. Okay, Henry Newman there. So, Lydia, what is the Canada deal? So, the Canada deal focuses mainly on a reduction in tariff barriers. Around 98% of all tariffs on goods, uh, goods traded between Canada and the EU are duty-free and should be completely removed within seven years. And it's described by the EU as the bloc's most ambitious overseas trade deal they have so far. Um, however, it's not a customs union or a single market, so it does still have border control, which is probably the largest sticking point because of Northern Ireland. So who is in favour of this deal? Why do they like it? 
Um, well, it enables Britain to sign free trade deals with other countries and have far greater control over immigration. Jeremy Hunt insists the government should still focus on winning the support of the Chequers plan first, but as a backup, um, we should keep Canada-style deal option available if that fails. So um, most hardcore Brexiteers. Yes, indeed. Well, a number of the hardcore Brexiteers have always been very much in favour of a Canada-style deal. Indeed, David Davis, who was formerly the Brexit secretary, this was very much his preferred option for Britain. In fact, he wanted to go a stage further and have a Canada plus 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 deal. What the original deal between the EU and Canada doesn't include is services, and these are a huge part of the British economy. So any deal replicating Canada would also need to include services. Um, What are the issues with it, Lydia, and who doesn't like it? Well, Theresa May especially doesn't like it because she doesn't want to accept it because of the border and the problem with Northern Ireland that it causes. Um, The EU did say that they could incorporate Northern Ireland into a customs union, but not the rest of the UK. But the DUP uh, rejected this. And obviously, Theresa May requires the DUP for a majority in uh, Parliament, so she can't agree to anything that they don't agree to. Um, uh, Keir Starmer said that the Labour Party would vote against it as well. Um, Yeah, Ken Clark. Yes, like you said, it's pretty much anyone who is a Remain supporting MP. Ken Clark, Nikki Morgan, Sarah Wollaston, Keir Starmer and Chukramuna on the Labour Party. They're all very much against Canada because they feel it goes too far. As we've seen before, they're more in favour of a Norway-style deal or even remaining within the EU. They're also very much against it uh, because of what it could mean for Northern Ireland, i.e. having that hard border up there between Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland, because they can see that this could lead to causing so many issues, including potentially an end to the delicate peace process that has been established in Northern Ireland since 1997. So how likely do you think it is to happen then? Really unlikely, especially since... Canada's exports amounts to around 11 billion, and it's largely in management, research and development, financial and IT services. But UK exports are around 27 billion. And the European Union is the UK's largest trading sort of partner, whereas it's not necessarily for Canada. So it looks highly unlikely then. Well, we can see battle lines have been drawn between a deal to stay in the single market and customs union, which is the Norway deal we explained earlier, or to be out of both, which is the Canada deal. What could we do? What could Britain do? Well, Theresa May thinks she has managed to find a compromise. And this is called the Chequers Plan. And in her eyes, this gets the best of both worlds. Let's hear a little clip from Theresa May explaining what the Chequers deal is. I've just had a frank bilateral meeting with President Tusk. He's confirmed the commitment of the other 27 member states to reaching a deal as soon as possible. But there are two key issues we need to resolve. We both agree there can be no withdrawal agreement without a legally operative backstop. But that backstop cannot divide the United Kingdom into two customs territories, and we will be bringing forward our own proposals shortly. On the economic partnership, there is no solution that will resolve the Northern Ireland border which is not based on the frictionless movement of goods. Our white paper remains the only serious and credible proposition on the table for achieving that objective. So there's a lot of hard work to be done, 
But if the political will is there on the other side, I'm confident we will reach a deal. And to do so is in the EU's interests as well as the UK's. But I believe that there is a willingness to do a deal. But let nobody be in any doubt that, as I've always said, we are preparing for no deal. So that if we get to the position where it is not possible to reach a deal, then the British people can be confident that we will have done what is necessary to ensure we make a success of leaving the European Union, regardless of the terms on which we do so. So, Becky, what is the Chequers deal? So the Chequers deal is a deal that was drawn up during a meeting of Mrs May's cabinet at Chequers on the 6th of June, which includes a free trade area for goods. Basically, it's a new customs agreement that would remove the need for the customs checks and controls between the UK and EU as if it were a combined customs territory. It also includes the end of free movement of people and an end to annual EU membership payments while still contributing to shared goods such as science and innovation. Okay, so this sounds like something that Remainers might quite like and something the Brexiteers might quite like. Um, Who's in favour of it and why do they like it? Well, Theresa May is definitely in favour of it, along with the rest of her cabinet. Otherwise, they wouldn't have created it. It's their ideal outcome. So Theresa May and her cabinet, um, remember, cabinet bound by collective responsibility. They were given the ultimatum if they didn't like it to resign. And we saw the resignation of David Davis and Boris Johnson after the Chequers deal was made. No other senior members of the cabinet resigned, which meant, which does mean, uh, along with convention, that they are behind it and backing Theresa May, even though leaks from the press suggest that some might not be uh, in favour. What are the issues with it and who doesn't like it? So there have been quite a few issues raised by a lot of politicians currently. So Jacob Rees-Mogg has said that Chequers is not Brexit, as it would mean working under a common rule book and de facto authority of the EU courts. Basically, what this means is that a common rule book would mean leaving the EU in March next year, whilst at the same time signing up to the very rules that caused people to leave in the first place. As this set of common rules, regulations and taxes would not be British rules, they'd be EU rules. Many people disagree with this, as it would be having one foot in the door, one foot out of the door, as we wouldn't have the power and ability to change the rules and it just wouldn't really work. Even the European Commission President Jean-Claude Juncker isn't happy with the proposals and he said that someone who leaves the union cannot be in the same privileged position as a member state. Even if you leave the union, you are no longer part of our single market and certainly not only the parts of it you choose. In recent polls, it has actually been said that 18% of people say that they support the Chequers deal, which actually makes it less popular than the poll tax from back when Margaret Thatcher was Prime Minister. His support from that got 19%. Ah, so how likely is it to happen? Not very likely. Not very likely. I think you've put it really well there. I mean, it says something when you've got a policy which is less popular than the poll tax, which was possibly one of the most unpopular policies of all time. Chequers really, really has got negative press. It's got barely any support outside of the cabinet. Uh, In fact, at the Conservative Party conference a few weeks ago, Theresa May stopped short of actually using the word checkers to describe it due to the fact that it was having such negative uh, impact on her and polling numbers. Um, 
really, really be very, very lucky if she's able to get this through. Not only have the Brexiteers rejected it, the Remainers have rejected it, moderate MPs have rejected it, but most importantly, the EU have rejected it. Michelle Barnier, Donald Tusk have both said, essentially, this is Britain trying to have its cake and eat it, which is simply not going to happen. So as you quite rightly said, Becky, hardly likely that the Chequers deal is going to get through. So if none of these options are agreed, then the final thing that can happen would be a no deal. This is where Britain would effectively crash out of the EU next year in March 2019. Britain would then no longer be a part of the EU. We would trade on WTO rules as we do with other countries um, and we'd do exactly that with the EU. However, this option has been seen as the nuclear option by many given what it could lead to. Um, let's have a quick listen to Jeremy Corbyn here describing how a no-deal situation could be a disaster for Britain. Inconceivable that we should crash out of Europe with no deal. It would be a national disaster. That is why if Parliament votes down a Tory deal or the government fails to reach any deal at all, we would press for a general election. OK, that sounds pretty nasty, but... Would a no deal really, really be that bad? What do you think? Well, the government still has time left to sort out a deal before we leave. So Theresa May doesn't really want to risk the discussion of trade and tourism. It's quite a large part of the UK. Um, however, economically, even if we do get a deal, the pound is going to fall. So if we don't get a deal, it's just going to be more drastic. Then we're not going to be is internationally competitive against other countries. Our trade won't even be sorted with the EU, so we can't get anything out. And the UK is just going to fall into a recession. Yeah, and also, I mean, the UK would no longer have to pay the £39 billion divorce bill, which a lot of people would like. Um, and the reasons of many voters' decisions to leave would most likely be obtained. Um, I mean, the UK would keep control over its borders because no immigration immigration agreements would have been reached um, and Parliament would once again become sovereign because we wouldn't be under any more EU laws and regulations. Yes, yeah, some see Brexit as a possibility for a fresh start for Britain and a chance to, for them to refocus on more important things such as the NHS and defence. And rushing the ne negotiations as Corbyn wants in order to ensure a deal could actually turn out much worse than spending a year sorting through the details of the UK and Europe's relationship, both of whom want to remain amicable for their own sakes. Wow, there we have it from our experts. Certainly, it looks like a no deal could be very, very bad and open up a whole range of problems. But on the other hand, perhaps it could be a fresh opportunity once we get over the initial turbulence for Britain to have a fresh start and commit our money and resources to more important things such as the NHS and defence. And finally, we can all stop talking about Brexit. So, there we have it. It's time to now close our eyes, hold our breath, and see what happens next. Will Theresa May emerge victorious? Will we have a new Prime Minister? Will a deal ever be reached with the EU? Join us next time on The Other Place, where we'll hopefully be able to discuss the final arrangements of the Brexit deal and whether it's going to work. Thank you very much for listening and have a great afternoon.